Alright guys, so tonight's topic is the truth about hell. And over the last several centuries, especially in the United States, the concept of hell has really got um, exaggerated or gotten way off what the Bible actually says about hell. <clears throat> There's all kinds of different belief systems now and viewpoints about is hell a real place? If it is a real place, what does it look like? Who's all there? You know, why would God send people to hell? Why, would, why did he create it in the first place? All these things are going around in, in our society today. And as a Christian, as you go into, you know, uh, college and as you get older and as you just go into school as you are now, people are going to ask you these questions. Why would God create hell? Or what, what about hell? What does the Bible say about that? You know, isn't that kind of cruel and unusual punishment? And so when you can have a defense for that and explain, you know, the reasoning behind all this, hopefully it opens their eyes to God is actually loving God, actually cares for them, and this was not God's original plan. But it's important to know what hell is because we want to avoid it as Christians, which we will, but we also want to avoid, we want to make sure our friends and family and those that aren't Christians can also avoid hell, and we'll talk about the hope here at the end. So... Fun fact about hell, why was it created in the first place? Hell was not God's original plan for humanity or angels. So angels were created first before humans, and when angels were created, they were created without sin. Okay, They, 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 they weren't created to just turn against God and do whatever they wanted to do. But just like with humans, God gave the angels free will, which means that they could choose to follow God and live the life that he had planned for them, or they could go their own way and go differently and turn against God. And so at this point, people would say, well, if the angels turned against God, which they did, does that mean that God created evil? Does that mean that God created, you know, rape and murder and all that that happens today? Was that part of God's overarching plan? And I would say that it's, that's not the case because Evil's not really a thing that's created. I want you to think about this. Same thing with like a hole in the ground. Okay, when we see a hole in the ground, we say, oh, that's a hole. But the hole wouldn't be there unless there was an absence of dirt or mud or something like that. So there's but, an absence of what? So listen, listen. So in the, in the absence of dirt or mud or sand, you get a hole. But if you didn't have an absence of that sand or dirt or a hole, you wouldn't have a hole. You can't pick up, you can't just say, hey, I'm going to go give somebody a hole. You know, you have to make a hole from what's already there. You have to destroy something for it to be there. So what I'm saying is, I don't believe that God created evil. I believe God created good. And he even says when he created humans and angels and all that, he talks about, it talks about the Bible that when God created things, he created them good. And they were, they were good. But he created them again with free will to not necessarily follow what he had planned for them. And in the absence of good, you get evil. And so when we chose to not follow and live how God wanted us to, that's when evil came into the world. So it's not really a created thing. It's just the absence of good. When you don't have God... You get the opposite of God. Think about this. This is really going to be shocking to you guys here. The same thing is true about darkness. 
If you have light, there's no darkness. Darkness is only there in the absence of light. So the same thing is true with evil. Evil is only there when there's not good. So if you just have good and you got to stay in that way that God created you, you don't get evil. So really it was something that angels took upon themselves. They decided to, to do away with what God gave them in the good and to turn the opposite way. And that's what evil came into the world. So hell was actually created to punish the angels and Lucifer, which is Satan, that turned against God and chose to turn to do evil. So hell was created for the angels only, and that was that was that thought that felt that had fallen to turn against God, and that was their like resting place away from God in heaven. And you may say, well, why did God do that? Well, God created somebody, and you sin against God. God is a just God, and a just God has to punish sin because if you just leave sin unpunished, then you're not being just. You know, think about a judge in a courtroom. When somebody does something wrong, there's consequences for that. When somebody breaks the law, there's consequences. When somebody does something against God's plan and against his will, there has to be consequences. Otherwise, he's not this just God that we see him as. So when sin came into the world, uh, well, when evil came into the world through the angels and they sinned, then... They got put into hell because that was God's punishment and to cast them out of heaven and to get them out of his presence. So then, how did humans get there? Well, humans were created with also free will, just like the angels were. However, humans weren't created with all of this kind of knowledge and wisdom that the angels had. So some people say, well, why did God cast the angels into hell right away when they sinned, but he didn't do that to humans? I want you to think about this. Sometimes in the Bible it talks about there's different levels of punishment for different things, and there's also different levels of rewards for different things. If you think about this, the angels were right with God. They were in heaven. So they saw all his glory, and it talks about, you know, angels watching God do things. So if they're watching God create and do all these incredible things around them, and they have all these powers and they know it came from God, then if they turn away from God and they reject all of that, they're probably not going to ever turn back to it. You know, if we reject God as humans here, you know, yeah, that's a bad thing, but we don't have all that knowledge and all that wisdom that the angels have. We're not living in heaven with God and all that, so there's a little bit more grace and freedom, and also God prized us as his most prized creation. And so when humans sinned against God, he said, they're also going to be put in hell as well, unless they put their faith in my son Jesus, which he later sent to die for us. Think about this. The punishment for our sins was death. And so when humans sinned against God, somebody did pay the punishment for us, even if it wasn't us, because... Jesus came and died on the cross for our sins. And he lived a perfect life. He never sinned. He came down from heaven, took the form of a man, and he was the perfect sacrifice. So he sacrificed his life for us. And so the punishment has been paid. However, if we don't accept Jesus and ask forgiveness of our sins and put our trust in him, then we're just like the angels. 
We saw what Jesus did. We've heard about the stories at least because there's eyewitnesses. The Bible tells us and God shows an example. So now we don't have an excuse. And we've seen what God's done. So if we reject Jesus now and we die and we never turn to him, then we also end up in hell just like the angels did because we're really no different at that point. Yes. So if the angels had free will in heaven, will we have technically free will according to that? Um, it's interesting. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, we will know like right from wrong. Yeah, so I, I think we'll know right from wrong. Yeah, I, I think so. I swear, um, we don't have free will. Huh? We don't have free will. That's kind of. Kind of yeah, it's cool. Yeah, because humans didn't have free will. People say that made that comment a lot. Why didn't God just create angels and and humans to program them to just automatically follow and worship Him? Definitely could have done that. Okay, He's God. That but would have just been like. We'd have been like robots. Yeah. And the thing is, true love is when somebody loves you back when they don't have to. When they have a choice to love you or not. Think about this in the marriage. When you date somebody, you know, and, and that person likes you back, and you ask them to marry you, and they say yes, it's because they're agreeing because they love you, they care for you, they want to spend their life with you. And, and that's, that's an awesome thing. But if you're just in an arranged marriage, and that person's just forced to marry the person then they're probably, that marriage a lot of times ends up really bad because you don't know if the person really loves you or not or if they would have married you or not because they were just forced to. But when somebody has a choice not to marry you, they can marry somebody else or just not get married at all, and they choose to marry you because they love and care for you, well, that's true love. And that, and that, 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 that sits a little bit differently. And so God wanted people and he wanted angels that actually loved him back. They weren't just programmed to love him back but chose to love him just like he chose to love them. So that's where the free will came in. So then you go to, well, what, is, what does hell look like then? And I want, you, I want to read you guys a little something here. And I gave you a sheet, and you guys can look at it. And it talks about here, and you can look at Isaiah 42, 14. And this goes along with what we said. It says, Satan fell because of his pride and disobedience to the Lord, the devil wanted to make himself like the Most High. In other words, Satan wanted to be God, and he wanted all the angels to worship and serve him instead of God. The angels were created to, to be servants to God, and they were supposed to serve God in obedience. So similar to human beings, God gave angels free will. This means that the angels can make their own decision as to whether or not they would obey God. So since angels have free will, Satan chose to disobey God. And, and actually, if you look in Ezekiel 28, Satan was actually originally a guardian angel. So he was actually one of the, one of the most um, esteemed angels in heaven. Talks about him being a very beautiful angel and things like that. So Satan was not like this low class, you know, angel, which I don't know any angel you could say really is like a low class, but what he wasn't like... Huh? What about a cherub? Yeah, it talks about him being that too. Yeah, that's what it talks about him being. Yeah, he was a, he was a guardian cherub. Um... No, we'll get into that a little bit differently, but, no, but listen. Looks like a um, so, so, but um, so Satan though was this high up angel, and so he it wasn't like he was mad because somebody else, some other angel, was getting more treatment than he was. He just wanted to take over everything, and he wanted to be God, and he wanted everybody else to turn against God and follow him and worship him instead. So you think about again Satan and the angels when they all turned against God, they wanted to overthrow and take over God. They're probably not ever going to turn back to him because they, they're so stuck in the mindset that they want the power, they want the control. No matter what God does for them, they're not going to follow him. So when he talks about hell in the Bible, 
Jesus actually references it to a place called Gehenna. Gehenna. Okay? And I put the pronunciation because it's a little hard to say. But Gehenna. This is how Jesus talks about hell in the Bible. He refers to it as this place. Anybody ever, anybody ever heard of this place? No. Okay. So Gehenna is a real place, a historical place, that's mentioned in the Bible. It's on, it was on earth, okay, for a time period when Jesus walked the earth, or, well, probably before that time period, honestly. But it was around during this time. And I want to read you guys off how Gehenna was. And, and you can see this in 2 Chronicles and Jeremiah. So if you want to go back and do some research, 2 Chronicles and Jeremiah says, um, This valley was south of Jerusalem and was where some of the ancient Israelites passed children through the fire. I want you to listen. This is a real historical thing. And remember, back in the day, people worshipped what? Idols and pagan gods. And so they did some pretty sketchy crap. So listen to, listen to this. In this city, people sacrificed their children to a Canaanite god of Molech. This place was called uh, Topeth, or Topeth. In the later years, Juhina uh, continued to be an unclean place used for burning trash for the city of Jerusalem. So God so despised this false god, he explicitly forbade the Israelites from having anything to do with him whatsoever. He even warned them of the impending judgment he was going to send their way if the Jews didn't keep their attention and worship directly toward him. So it says here the Israelites did not listen, like they did many times, and how we don't either. God says, don't do this. They're like, no, let's try it out, guys. Let's go do it. And so the evil kings of Judah, such as Azah, he was terrible. We had, we had a study by him in the Gideons. King was horrible. He did a lot of crazy things. Used the valley of Hinnom for, to do demonic practices. It's talked about in 2 Chronicles. To punish Judah, God brought Babylon against them, and that pagan nation carried out his judgment against Judah's idolatry and rebellion. It wasn't until after 70 years of exile that the Jews were allowed back into Israel to rebuild. Upon their return to what they call the Valley of the Slaughter, it was repurposed for a place of ever-burning rubbish heap. Child sacrifice and other forms of idol worship ceased in Israel, and Jehenna became a place where, listen to this, after the child sacrifice and idol worshiping stopped, Jehenna was then used to bury the corpse of criminals, dead animals, and all manners of refuse were thrown in to be destroyed and burned. Uh, pretty much. So the Jehenna Valley was a place of burning sewage and garbage. And listen to this. This is even worse. Maggots and worms crawled through the waste, and the smoke smelled strong and sickening, which it actually talks about in Isaiah 30, 33, of this place, Jehenna. It was a place of utterly filth, disgust, and repulse to the nose and the eyes. And Jehenna represented a place of eternal torment and constant uncleanness, where the fires never ceased burning and the worms never stopped crawling. Now that really puts it in perspective there. So, Juhina is how Jesus says is like hell. Um, and so, he refers to people getting, when they get eternal punishment, he's like that city or that person will spend eternally, eternally being tormented in punishment. He refers to the punishment that they're going to receive in hell 
as that of Gehenna, a place that is burning, a place that stinks, a place that's ever torment or torment. Can't say that. Um, and it's a place that um, that really horrible things happen in. And so, if you go a little bit deeper into what hell may actually look like, again, none of us know exactly because we're not there. Hopefully, we never get there. But the closest to the Bible, kind of describing this, is a place of fire and sulfur. It's a place that's burning. It says a place of gnashing and weeping of teeth and things like that. A place where there's torment that's happening, yet nobody's dying because you're already dead. So I want you to think about that. If you were to be dead and you're getting tormented, but you know you can't die because you're already dead, then you're just getting, you feel the pain, but you know you're not going to die because you're already dead, so you have to live with that forever and ever. That's pretty horrible to think about. That's one of the worst things. Also, also think about this. Heaven is a, or hell is what? A place without God. So in the Bible, it talks about hell is a place of full darkness. In, the, in heaven, it talks about heaven is a place full of light. Because once again, in the absence of light is darkness. In the absence of good is evil. So all the things you see in heaven, the complete and total opposite is in hell. So when it talks about in the Bible, there'll be a sweet aroma to God in heaven and things like that. Heaven probably smells good. Hell probably smells terrible, like Gehenna. So think about that. If you think about hell and what it may look like and smell like and, and, and be like, it's going to be the opposite of what you get in heaven. So it's pretty crazy to think about that. And also, uh, you think about, okay, well, is, well, is it an actual place? You know, and people will debate where it's at, you know, where hell may be, and obviously nobody knows for certain, but it's a spiritual place. So just like heaven is a spiritual place, you can't get there until you die. You know, God lives in a spiritual realm. In the spiritual realm and the earthly realm, yeah, they're connected in a lot of ways, but they're also separate in some ways too. Um, I want you guys to think about this here. Some people think that uh, the devil is like this. Like this little freaky dude with a uh, with a uh, big old horns, you know. Too scary. And he's got like a like a crazy tail. Bradley, that is not. Bradley, please, it's scary. No. <laughs> Bradley, not how you he may have some. He may. I want you. He may have some scales. What is that? So, so listen. <laughs> Alright, listen, listen, hold on. It's Bradley, guys. Oh, shh. I'll let you draw it in a second. Just a picture of Bradley. Alright, listen, shh. But anyways, there, if you go to any kind of like movie or anything like that, um, you're going to see the devil depicted as this crazy, evil, you know, looking creature. Can we that in a second. However, listen, shh. However, this is actually not how the Bible depict Satan, okay? I want you to think about something. Satan was a fallen what? Angel. Angel. He's not a human. So, Satan's not going to look like a human. So, how we picture Satan as, as uh, um, this humanly-like horned creature, he's an angel. He's a spirit being. And now think about this. I want you to also think about this. In 2 Corinthians, this is in the New Testament, 11.14, it says... Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. 
The surrounding verses refer to Satan as human servants disguising themselves also as apostles of Christ and servants of righteousness. In context, these descriptions are referring to false teachers. So I want you to think about something. If you saw this creepy thing coming at you, would you want to, would you be like, yeah, we follow that? Probably not, okay? Most people would. But that's, so Satan is the master of deception in disguise. So if Satan were to take on a human form or the demons were to take on a human form, they're going to look attractive. They're going to be well-spoken. They're going to be prepared. And if you're not aware in following God and close to him, you may easily mistake them for a really great person because they're going to come across that way because they're going to promise you things and say things to you that sound good to your ears and they're going to draw people in. And then once you're drawn in and you're, you're, you're sucked into whatever they're preaching or teaching, they'll turn you away from God. Think about how this happens in the political realm today. People will promise all these great things. They'll say all the, all the right things on TV. And then once they get into office, they'll make all these laws that go against the Bible and, and, and ultimately start turning people more and more away from God. So Satan is probably actually still a decent-looking you know, spirit being or whatnot. He's probably not this creepy-looking guy whatsoever. And the demons are also fallen angels. So, again, the look of Satan um, is probably much different than what we picture. Also, the look of hell, again, is probably much worse than what people think. Some people think of hell as just this place where people are just, there's just this fire going on, everybody's kind of hanging out and, and chilling. That's probably not really the case. You're probably having, again, stinkiness. It's going to be filthy. It's going to be dirty. It's going to be dark. There's going to be torment. There's going to be pain. And then some people will say there are different levels of punishment in hell. There, that, can, that, can, that can be true. But hell is probably just one place. You know how people got the, the idea of different levels of hell? You might know where that idea came from. No. It came from uh, Dante's Inferno. Okay. Um, oh, no. Oh, no one knows what Dante's You know what Dante's Inferno is? Nobody knows what that is. Um, that was a huge thing back in like the 1300s. They made a movie out of it and everything. Um, but basically, Dante's Inferno is where it's a story of a guy that goes into hell and he goes down nine different layers of hell, basically. And each layer gets worse and worse, and depending on the sins you committed on earth. And then it's vice versa. When he goes into heaven, he sees different layers of heaven based off how good you were, how close you were to God, how long you were a Christian. That's a cool kind of story, but it's a story. None of it is really biblically accurate. He actually used Greek mythology to make some of that movie. So the idea of different levels of hell and different levels of heaven... Yeah, there could be a little bit of that, but as far as the whole nine levels and things like that, it's just not reality. Now, this is true, though. Jesus does say in the Bible that it's going to be worse for so-and-so than so-and-so on the day of judgment. The city of Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, he says, like, the city of Sodom and Gomorrah is going to be very badly punished. And then someone else, he says, if you do this, you'll be punished worse than, than how Sodom and Gomorrah are. So that refers to, there probably is different levels of punishment in hell. You know, Hitler's probably being punished worse than somebody else would be, okay? That does make sense. Same thing in heaven. When we get to that next week, it talks about different rewards you get in heaven for those that did things on earth for Christ. If you lived your whole life for Christ and did all these great things, and somebody else just became a Christian a year before they died, 
then you may receive more rewards in heaven for your faithfulness over a long time on earth. But you're still in heaven. And if you're still in hell, you're still in hell. So whether you are, uh, you didn't follow Christ, you're an okay person, you're still in hell. And it's still a terrible place. Whether you're getting as punished as someone else's or not, you're still living in this Gehenna type place, which is going to be awful. Same thing if you're, a, if you're a Christian. Whether you did a million things for Christ, or you became a Christ at the end of your life, you may not get the same reward someone else did in heaven, but you're still in heaven, which is the best place. So I want you to think about that. That's why it's so important. And the hope that we have is while we're still living and breathing, we don't have to spend life in hell. We don't have to experience that for all eternity. We don't have to wake up and, and, and go to bed, which actually probably there's probably no sleep in hell, honestly. Uh, you can get that from the Bible too. You don't have to live every day in hell. You can, you can have the hope that if we put our faith in Jesus, he paid this punishment for us. He already took the punishment on the cross and if we put our faith and trust in him, we're not going to spend eternity in hell. We're going to be in heaven with Christ when we die, rejoicing, praising him, and experiencing the complete opposite of hell, which is light and goodness and all of God's creation. And that's the hope that we have. And that's why it's so important that we share this message with others. And when your friends and your family at school aren't following Christ and they're living lifestyles that don't honor God, that's why it's important that we don't just let them stay in that lifestyle and say, ah, oh, it's not a big deal. It's not my place. Because if they're not following God and they're on a pathway straight to hell and you let them stay in that, that's not true love. True love wants the best for your friends, wants the best for somebody, wants the best for your family. So if you see somebody that's going down this path that's not a Christian, you should have a burning desire in your heart to lead them back to Christ and to share with them because you know this is what's waiting for them and you don't want that for them. Just like God doesn't want it for them. That's not God's plan. But because he's a just God, if they never put their faith in Jesus, that's what's going to happen. And so if you know that, it should give you a desire and a passion that we need to start sharing with others and leading them to the truth so when they die one day, we'll rejoice in heaven with them and they'll be in a place of eternal glory. So let me go ahead and pause the video and we'll take you guys' questions.